Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. Now, from Happy Valley, here's your host, Brian Tripp. And we welcome you into another episode of Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. I'm your host, Brian Tripp, and a special podcast this week. I'm joined by the head coach of the Penn State field hockey team, Charmerette Curtis, and the head coach of the Penn State ice hockey team, Guy Godowski, and we'll hear from them in just a moment. But this podcast, a part of State of Excellence Week. State of Excellence is a week-long celebration of Penn State student-athletes' dedication to Penn State, their academic successes, and their devotion to their respective sports. It's also recognition of our great coaches and staff for their commitment to providing a complete student-athlete experience based on four pillars, academic, athletic, civic engagement, and cultural leadership. So we celebrate that today with an unbelievable discussion with Guy and Shar about their vision on leadership and culture building. So we welcome in our guests here on this week's podcast. Guy, Shar, thank you so much for your time. Really looking forward to this discussion. A pleasure. Always fun to spend time with you. Nice to see you, Brian. Really appreciate the time. And we're going to discuss your philosophies on leadership and culture building. And I know, Shar, you have a big week coming up this week. And that's one of the conversations that you're going to start with when you address your team today. Yeah, you know, we just came off a big win in the conference, our first uh, opener in the Big Ten with us thrilling overtime win against Maryland. And uh, what I really like about this team this year is like we find ways every week to focus on being better. And we know going out to Iowa, I was one of the top, you know, two teams in the country and obviously in the Big Ten. And uh, we really want to make sure that our players are really focused on their confidence and us playing our game. And again, you know, looking at the game plan and what tweaks we can make so that when we go into Iowa that – we're not only you know playing tactically, but we're playing together. I think Penn State, our culture here, has always been built on team chemistry, and you know we really look for those players that we want to come into the program. They're committed both academically and athletically, and and for uh, having that life balance while they're here. And you know they're they're a part of a program that has had a lot of success and a lot of pride. So we just want to continue to build on that as we prepare for a tough game against Iowa. You know, Brian, can I ask a question? Because first of all, Char, that's a huge win against Maryland. Congrats. Huge, huge, awesome. And when you talk about preparing this week, do you do that when you talk about the mental side of it? Do you do that with the whole team or do you talk to leaders specifically or how do you navigate that? We have a meeting every week with the captains. We have three outstanding captains on assignment, uh, MS Zach and uh, Megan Reese. So we, we check in with them on Tuesdays. You know, sort of, usually we have Monday off. Usually we play Friday, Sunday. So this, this week, playing on Saturday, we're starting practice for the week, getting prepared today. But, you know, sometimes we bring in Carl Olson and Adriana to help us, you know, sort of kick off the, the mental side of the week. But, you know, we really feel good about where we are as a team, the way we are committed to growing and to being better and to challenge each other at practices. So we really – talk to the captains about it and we're just going to make a concerted effort today uh, before we start practice about how, how we've got to get our mental focus in for training this week because it, that's the preparation and everybody knows when you are prepared you have confidence so we're going to really work on a, a game plan and um, 
get ready to go to Iowa. Guys, she mentioned a word in her initial answer, and the word was fit. How important is that when it goes way back to just finding the student-athletes and recruiting to make sure you have the right fit to start with when you're trying to have high character and a good culture within your program? I think it's essential. It's, it's vital. I mean, everybody does want a good culture. I think that's nothing, that's not a secret. But to have that, you need the right fit. So you can't, and it has to be not only the fit to the institution, the athletic department, the team, and yourself as a coach, but you, it has to be a good fit. You can't expect a great culture to match the culture that you want if you don't have a fit to begin with. If it's a, if it's a, if it's a tough sales job every day to get people to believe with what you believe, then it's hard. If you get the right people, the the sales, for lack of a better word, the buy-in to that culture is natural. Um, if it's if it's tough every day, that makes the, the end result really hard to achieve. You are in a unique situation, guys. Shar has been doing this for over three decades at Penn State, but you are in the unique situation where you started a program here from scratch as a, a Division One program. So what was that like from day one trying to find that culture, and how much of that was just connecting it and we just saw it with the whiteout this past weekend of what that Penn State culture already is. Yeah, so, well, a couple of things. I've done this a couple of times. In Alaska and Princeton were both uh, the last place in the nation programs when I had the opportunity to go there. And it was sort of like, I know Penn State, we didn't have a hockey program. Uh, Division One program was starting from scratch. But I, I had this similar experiences in the past. So, so our staff who, who came from Princeton was pretty, we were really confident in what we had to do to, number one, to, to set the culture and set a foundation for success in the future. Now, we were really fortunate that the team that was here was a great team with great alumni that had, that knew Penn State. Like the Penn State culture is one that I really think transfers over to our athletics programs. Like the, the people that, the students that are successful at Penn State, they, they have a great work ethic. They have a they want to make things happen. Like they just don't want to show up. They like, they make Thon happen. They make the atmosphere in, in our great facilities happen. And it's that, that culture that we just sort of really, I think it's really important. And it's just something that we build upon in the foundation of our program. So it was really important. We understood it. We, we've done it before and we wanted to bring it here, but really it wasn't like our culture. It was just, it was more making sure that we took the best parts of what Penn State already has and just fitting well into this university. Sure, I think that's a tribute to coaches like yourself, Russ Rose, and all the coaches that have come before Guy and all the new coaches here at Penn State now. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I was so blessed and so fortunate to come to Penn State, you know, uh, back in 1975. They were one of the very first uh, universities and athletic departments that offered scholarships for female athletes. Um, I probably never would have been able to afford to come to Penn State had I not had that scholarship from Penn State. And, I, you know, one thing I always say about Penn State is that they did because they thought it was the right thing to do. They didn't do it because, you know, their hands were tied to Title IX. And I think that really helped the growth of our female athletic programs here at Penn State, what has, you know, obviously become like a strong tradition of success throughout all our women's and male programs here at Penn State. But going back to like what Guy said as well, it, it's so important that you get that right fit. Um, when we're in our recruiting process, you know, I let the players and the parents know, you know, I can't always guarantee there'll be more money. I can't guarantee that there'll be more playing time, but I can guarantee that I will care about you. And that's what I always felt about Penn State when I came here as that student athlete. Um, obviously, an amazing reputation academically and athletically back then, and it still does today, and it keeps growing. Sure, we often hear 
whether it's a, an article. We hear coaches all the time say culture is the most important thing. And I think whether it's fans, the media, we almost become numb to it as if it's just a cliche, but it truly is not. Can you explain why it's not just a cliche? Yeah, well, you know, when you're working with a team, you like Guy said, you need everybody to buy in. And when you see Penn State and what it stands for, before you even get here, you see just the passion and the enthusiasm and the school spirit and just, you know, people want to be a part of that. But it does take that commitment. And um, I think that, you know, for us, you know, we still have to every every day, every week, every year, work on our team culture because you want the players to trust each other, the trust between the coaching staff and the players themselves and understand that we're all working for the common goal to be winning championships. And it's going to take a lot of hard work. It's not going to be easy. Um, but I think when you see the outcome and all that Penn State has achieved, both from the, you know, their academic side, also, like Guy said, Son, I mean, there there is just that commitment across every facet of this community here at Penn State. I'd like to hear both of you on this. Guy, where does it come from? Does it come from the coaches? Does it come from the players? Is it a mix? How do you go about forming that culture or improving on it or working with that culture that you have? Because Char said it's not something that you can just take for granted. Well, I think it it starts more than that. It starts with the institution itself, I feel, and the athletic department. And for us uh, coming here, um, preparing our students for, for success in life is what we call it. And obviously now you have preparing our students for a lifetime of impact is very congruent. It's the same. And so we live it. it if it's something that you have to look up and, and try to plan, it doesn't go so smooth. If it's something that you really believe in and live, it's a lot easier. So to answer your question, it's not just the coaching staff. It's not just the players. It's the whole, it's the whole institution. It's the whole athletic department. And then you go on. But after that, I feel that the coaches are, are, you have to be on the same page and sort of well define it. But then after that, no matter how well that you define it, if, it, if, if the student athletes don't live it, then it's not going to happen. So in my mind, the student athletes are much more important. And it's, it's, it's communication well and well defining it to, to make sure you have a vision of what you want. But I tell you what, to me, the most important part is, is what happens after the coaches leave the room. I mean, culture isn't something that you that you have for the two hours of practice and an hour workout and then you're done I mean culture is something it's a 24-7 thing the coaches aren't around that much so it's not really the important part isn't what happens when the coaches are in the locker room the really important part is what happens when they leave yeah no I absolutely agree with everything guy said and and you know it's um you know, they need to understand that you're you're coming here to be a part of a team. Like, we're not this type of program where we're just trying to get the best athlete that we can. You know, we, we want someone that, you know, maybe they're not the, the best player in the country, but they're a player that really understands that we're a team here. And we're not going to cater to anybody's ego. We're not going to cater to anybody that might have a special talent. Um, because, you know, again, you're, you're out on the field with your teammates. And what I love about our team this year is when we get out on the field and they're 11 of them on the field, we have the other 17 on the sideline that is supporting them and cheering them on. And I think that just, you know, really surges everybody's confidence. And, you know, we're aware as coaches that, you know, it's tough when kids don't play. So we want to check in with those players just to make sure that their morale stays up. Same with our captains. They do a great job of, you know, analyzing the locker room when they get there. How's how's everybody's day going? Because, you know, want it to be a positive experience. And the more that you can show people that you care about them, they're going to care about the program. Um, You know, it's interesting to me that I think 
the past couple years when we had more players that were committing as ninth and 10th graders that you, they didn't maybe fully understand what they were getting into. And I think maybe we weren't fully understanding what we were getting. So I think that's where you've seen the, uh, the maybe it's the surge with the entrance on the portal. But I think what the portal does is it does give everyone that out to maybe find the program where they can fit in better because, you know, we've had to have some tough conversations about this is the expectation of this program. It, we're committed, you know, to be physically fit, you know, mentally fit, emotionally tough, all that stuff. But you've got to care about your teammates and the program and not just yourself. So that's where, you know, we're trying to, you know, let these recruits know this is what it's about. This is what we're about. Yeah, that's, you know, Ashara, that's really interesting because I think in our experience, whether whether they're, you know, real high level top player in the country or someone who's not, the commonality, if it's those, those people, regardless of their talent, that really know what Penn State is before and want it, compared to the ones that just want it because it's a high level, I get to play for Charmeray, I get to play in the Big Ten, boy, the, the, the overall experience and contribution they make is night and day. And it, it's so interesting in that. And it's a good point you make about the portal, but it's, in our experience, you're so right. Like it's, it's, the, it's the ones that understand Penn State first and understand they want it, not that it's going to be easy, but that's something they really want. Boy, do they have great careers. And the other ones, you know, it's, it's hit and miss. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's, it's a privilege. I mean, you know, there are so many, there's hundreds of kids that want to be on that, you know, ice hockey team. There are hundreds of girls that want to be on this field hockey team. And that's why it's real important that you select those players that they understand, again, that it's going to be hard work and these are going to be the expectations. And it's not always going to be, you know, sunny and 82 degrees. So you got to fight when the going, you know, isn't easy. But know that we will be here to support you through that. In those situations, how often do you turn that over to the leadership of your team? And what would you define, how would you define a really good leader as we touch on that as well? You know, I think the really good leader, again, is someone that, that cares about their teammates, um, is, you know, a, uh, a person that listens, a person that does obviously exemplify the commitment to the program, one that, um, you know, again, it, it's, it's, doing the uh, doing the hard work it's, it's really pretty simple doing the hard work and trying to be better you know it, it's not the you know complaining about this or that it's like they want to be here they want this team to be successful they want to be the people that contribute to the success of this university and they're the people that understand what has come before them and what's going on around them just looking at all the other uh programs at this university and again and it's not just the athletic side i mean our players do exceptionally well in the classroom. They're very involved with fun and community service. And when they have that life balance, then I feel that their brains can breathe, you know, but what they're going to try to silo their experience here, just academically or silo it into an athletic experience. That's when they're missing out on so much that Penn State can offer and so much that they themselves can offer to, um, to their teammates. And, it's, you know, it's the leaders that obviously the ones who just have more experience, you know, our, our fifth year seniors are, Seniors that have been here for years, they know me. They know our program. I mean, I, I have great leaders on my staff with Lisa Love and uh, Laura Gephardt, two players that played for me. You know, so it, they look at these role models and these strong women, and, you know, they've got them right in there on their field with them. 
Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, for us, like we've had really great leaders that have different personalities. So some are talkative, some aren't, some are examples, some are big tough guys, some are skills, like they're different different talents. But what they all had in, in common is what Char said about understanding uh, what's happened before them. So, so for us, our program, the foundation that was been built when you asked how we do it at the start was through, through work ethic and commitment and what you're committed to. And the student athletes, our leaders that understood about what that commitment is, uh, and, and not only what it is, what they think it is now, but, but respect what has happened in the past, understood what has happened in the past. It's great that they see leaders that do a good job. When they understand that and then they move forward with that perspective, they're tremendous leaders, whether they're very vocal or not. It's not, we're not asking that someone to come in and bring their their own leadership and their own ideas and let's see how it goes. It, it's really to respect what the, the institution is, the athletic department, your program, and what the foundation was before you got here. The ones that really understand that, I think all do really well regardless of their personality. And it seems like that goes beyond whether it's on the field or on the ice, not just someone that maybe gives the pep talk before the game, but they're in the classroom. They're in that front row, first seat, 10 minutes early. They're going to the study hall. They're involved in a community program in some way. And it's that leadership by example often that delivers for your programs. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, what we do here with our captains, we have the players write who they think would be the two best captains for the team. And it is so – it's such a proud moment when I read what they write about why on assignment and why Emma and why Megan Reese should be the captains of the team. You know, we ask them to, to vote for two players, you know, and if it's, Hey, they think that these three players have those qualities, then that's what we want. And a lot of it is like, they care about me off the field. You know, there's someone I can go talk to. I see how hard they work on stuff. They care so much about Penn state, you know, they work so hard. Again, it, it's those qualities that the, their own teammates see in them. And so it sort of, you know, is a natural for those three to, to really lead the team. You know, they, they, they've displayed, you know, their commitment to this program. Guy, I know you have a similar process for choosing captains as well. Do, are you ever surprised by who the players actually pick? Because they're around those other student-athletes 24-7, and as you said earlier, you only see them where they're on the ice or in the locker room briefly during the day. Yeah, it does happen, but I think the coaching staff ends up having a pretty good feel about what, who are the leaders in terms of what our program and our culture is about. Um, so I don't think you don't often get surprised, but I think that the surprise it's not always the best players. And so it's when you have a someone who who plays a lot and is really productive, um, and they're also great examples. You're never surprised at what the, the the team feels about them. But when there's someone else that doesn't get the same uh, attention on the on the field or on the ice, and they are really well respected from your team. I think those could end up being the most important guys because those are the ones where your team recognizes their contribution to the culture, not just their contribution to the on ice or on field product. Talk about fit for student athletes. I can tell just through this conversation, and maybe a good spot to try to start to wrap it up, that you're both a great fit for Penn State because of how much pride you have in what you've accomplished and how much pride you have in the successes of the university. Shar, 35 years, I'll start with you. Where does that pride come from and what does it mean to be a part of the Penn State family for so long? You know, I, I, I just remember growing up, like watching Penn State uh, play John, John Capaletti's 
from my, uh, he's from where I grew up in Delaware County, you know, finally known as Delco and just watching Joe Paterno and what he stood for with academic and athletic integrity. You know, Penn State was not a school that I was ever really dreamed of attending. And then when I had that opportunity, but I really knew how much pride was here at this university. And that was re really before all the bells and whistles and the, the, the whiteouts and all that. Um, I think too, when you walk around campus, I know friends would say every, almost everybody on this campus is wearing something that says Penn State. And I think you, you get that the minute you walk on campus, I think. And then when you see just the accomplishments of the students here, uh, of the athletes here, other professors here. I think that's where you dwell with pride. And you look at, you know, what this community, again, does for the Special Olympics, what it does for Thon. Um, it's just, it, it, it's a community that cares. And you, you, this weekend was just phenomenal when you look at like the whiteout. We've all seen whiteouts before, but in my mind, there was nothing that this whiteout just seemed to supersede any other whiteout before. And I think it just shows the passion. And again, it's just, that how, how obviously you know how proud people are of what this university does for its students here yeah for, for me coming here to penn state i i wouldn't have i wouldn't have been here if it wasn't for the envy of how passionate penn staters are whether it's their the supporters the student athletes the alumni and that you you see that and you feel it at the athletic events but for me not being here yet even just around the country and that's something that's very envious it's something i hold you know, school pride and, and, and pride in your institution is just something that is is just such a great thing. It's a great feeling. And so that was something that uh, Penn State does better than anybody. So that was a big part of it. And But what I, I think grew even more is, is Char actually was at the very first thon that I, I attended. And I had a chance just, she won't remember this, but just having a little conversation. And it's not just like the athletic success at all. Like it's, it's, you have pride in this institution and when it transcends what you do on the field or the ice or the court, man, is that a feeling? And that's something that Penn state absolutely does better than any, any university in the world. And because of that, the pride that you feel is just, it's a different deal. And the students understand that. I think most of them understand it before they get here, but if they don't, they get it really quickly, and then it's just something that's such a good feeling, and, and, and it's everybody understands that pride, and that's a big difference. When you have everybody with that feeling, boy, is that a big difference, and that, to me, that's what makes Penn State so great. Guy, guy I absolutely remember, Son, because you and I had to do a little hum. They had to, like, uh, they had to guess what songs we were humming, and you had to hum, fill me up buttercup, and you're like, Char, how's that song go again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You did a good job, by the way. Uh, I won't do the same for me, but yeah, I remember that part too. No, but you know, the other thing is there's just so much shared pride throughout like this whole university and, and especially within our athletic department, like coaches are always just so supportive of each other and, and the athletes themselves are so supportive of each other. And I, I think, again, that's just like Penn State is a very, very special place and I think it always will be. That's a great way to wrap it up because that goes back to culture and leadership, not just amongst your own programs, but I think across the entire athletic department and the great fits that every coach on campus is able to find. And speaking of pride, I'm proud to have a chance to have this discussion with two of the absolute very best, not only here at Penn State, but in the country in their profession. Shar Guy, thank you so much for your time today, and we really appreciate it. Thanks, Brian. Thank you very much.
Let's go state. The official podcast of Penn State Athletics.